This is The Guardian. Today, Australia's most decorated living soldier, the war crimes allegations that he denies, and the defamation trial to determine the truth. Before we start, a warning. This episode contains descriptions of conflict and violence that some listeners might find distressing. The Battle of Tizak has become one of the most legendary battles in Australian military history. Ben Doherty is a journalist with Guardian Australia. It was a 2010 battle in southern Afghanistan. It involved Australia's SAS, the Special Air Service flying in by helicopter into this valley in broad daylight into a known Taliban stronghold. And basically fighting their way through the valley for 13 hours, a rolling firefight all the way up the valley all day under intense fire. And the stories that have emerged from this battle are some of the most dramatic of Australia's war in Afghanistan. They were outnumbered four to one. All they could do was crawl into a position so that they didn't die. Remarkable acts of bravery from a number of soldiers. And one of those in particular stood out, a, an SAS corporal, nearly two metres tall, a man by the name of Ben Robert Smith. And he would end that day winning the Victoria Cross. Ben Robert Smith's citation for the Victoria Cross, Australia's highest military honour, describes how his patrol was pinned down by machine guns and grenade fire stuck and in extreme danger. But Robert Smith saw an opportunity. He ran out from cover, drawing the fire of the three machine guns and giving the other Australians a chance to fire back and kill one of the Taliban gunners. Then he did something else. He stormed the machine gun nest himself, killing the remaining two Taliban and taking control of the enemy position. He later said he did it because he wasn't going to sit around while one of his troops got hit. I thought I'd just have a crack, he said. He became almost instantly a national hero. He became the embodiment of Australia's war in Afghanistan, the good war and the heroism that involved. What a privilege it is to hold your precious and beautiful Victoria Cross of Australia in my hands. This is the man who was the most decorated living Australian soldier. And to say on behalf of all Australians, how proud we are of you, how much you mean to us. A decade on from that, we see Ben Robert Smith in the Australian Federal Court fighting to protect his reputation in a defamation trial over reports he says falsely accuse him of being a war criminal. Four years ago, a series of Australian newspaper investigations turned the Robert Smith story on its head. They alleged the former soldier committed terrible crimes while on tour in Afghanistan and accused him of wrongdoing, including domestic violence, back in Australia. Robert Smith says all those reports are completely false and his side has spent millions of dollars and hundreds of hours to protect his reputation, launching a defamation case that's pit some of Australia's best investigative journalists against its most famous soldier, with a judgment still to come. From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus, 
the reputations on the line in Australia's defamation trial of the century. Ben, where does this story actually begin? It begins with a series of quite shocking newspaper articles in June of 2018 that report allegations of war crimes being committed by Australian soldiers in Afghanistan. The accusations are part of a confidential defence inquiry revealed by Fairfax Media in which special forces insiders described unsanctioned and illegal application of violence on operations. Internal whistleblowing within the SAS regiment itself had led to an investigation of alleged war crimes by members of that regiment. The articles talk about a warrior culture that had developed within the SAS, one that was obsessed with violence. The problems were deeply embedded in the culture, uh, that there was a complete lack of accountability within all this. So, The article alleged there was one soldier who was being whispered about more than any other. And they gave him a pseudonym. They called him Leonidas. And it said Leonidas had been deployed repeatedly to Afghanistan and he had, and I quote, impeccable connections up the chain of command. Do we know why they called this particular soldier Leonidas, where that name came from? Part of the allegations talked about this warrior culture that had developed within the SAS that was obsessed with violent movies, and in particular, one movie, the movie 300, where the hero, Leonidas, a Spartan king, in a dramatic scene, kicks a prisoner off a precipice. And that's what's alleged to have happened in Afghanistan. The newspaper reports allege that this soldier, Leonidas, an Australian SAS soldier had kicked a handcuffed civilian off a cliff before ordering a subordinate to shoot him dead during a mission in a village called Darwan in 2012. Ben, that is really shocking. We're talking here about allegations of war crime, some of the worst things you can be accused of, and they're being reported in great detail, allegedly committed by one of Australia's most prestigious military units. What was the public reaction to these stories? The Australian's public reaction has been one, I think, of horror. As you say, this is a a storied institution in Australia and and the SAS had built, I mean, you could even say carefully cultivated a a certain mythology about itself. And these allegations challenged that. It challenged that valorised reputation of the SAS. These newspaper reports built on reporting by other outlets, including the ABC, the Australian National Broadcaster, that started to raise these concerns. And I'd argue these allegations also began to raise broader questions about Australia's war in Afghanistan. And so what happened next? In August of 2018, these newspapers published more articles and there are more allegations. And this time they name the soldier at the centre of it. They name Leonidas. Australia's most decorated soldier has been entangled in an investigation into the actions of special forces in Afghanistan. And they say that it's Ben Robert Smith, VC. Victoria Cross recipient, Father of the Year, Ben Robert Smith is one of Australia's most respected public figures. So why are so many questions being asked about his past? And it talks about that almost over a year, these newspapers that interviewed veterans, military officials, people with knowledge of Robert Smith's private life, comrades he'd served alongside, and they began to lay out a suite of allegations against him. And it's these allegations that are the focus of the eventual defamation trial. The Fairfax story also details allegations of bullying and intimidation by Ben Robert Smith of soldiers under his command. That he intimidated and threatened colleagues, that he was committing war crimes while on deployment in Afghanistan. 
Among the allegations is that patrols he helped lead brutally mistreated unarmed Afghans. That prisoners were being abused and in some cases unlawfully killed. Eventually in their defence to the defamation action, the newspapers alleged that Robert Smith is complicit in six unlawful killings. That is, not deaths alleged to have occurred in the fog of war or in the heat of battle, but the unlawful killing of people who did not pose an immediate threat to Australian soldiers. People whom, under the laws of war, could not be harmed, including the alleged cliff kick at Darwan, which we've spoken about. Another of the major allegations against Robert Smith that's replayed in this defamation trial concerns a tunnel found in a compound in southern Afghanistan in 2009. It's alleged by the newspapers that two men were found hiding in that tunnel and they're pulled out by the Australian soldiers and unlawfully killed. It's important to remind listeners at this point that these are all allegations Robert Smith denies outright and his denials are central to his defamation action against the newspapers. Fairfax also alleges that the Australian Father of the Year conducted a very public extramarital affair and that his lover complained to police of an alleged act of domestic violence and intimidation. The allegations also spread beyond the battlefield. These articles allege Ben Robert Smith assaulted a woman with whom he was having an affair. These are allegations Robert Smith denies in their entirety. Ben, these are just sensational allegations. I mean, we're talking here about a man who you said was kind of an Australian national hero. And these stories are basically raising his entire reputation to the ground, accusing him of war crimes, accusing him of bullying his comrades, of domestic violence. I want to understand, how did these reports and the man that emerged from them contrast with the public image of Ben Robert Smith? He was Australia's modern-day war hero. He was the most famous soldier in the land. Tonight, One, two, three. what he did for his mates and Australia is legendary. I wasn't going to sit there and do nothing and just watch my mates die. A true Australian hero. Ben Robert Smith was on the Australia Day Council. He was the Australian Father of the Year. He came from a, a storied military family. He had three ancestors who landed at Gallipoli, and he was almost promoted as this continuation of... The term in Australia is the Anzac spirit, and it's this idea of this sort of noble warrior, and it's it's fiercely promoted across Australia and, and lauded by many sections of the Australian community. For many Australians, you bring our hearts to soar, and you remind us of the strength and the endurance of the human spirit. This was a, 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 a lionised and valorised and, and adored man in this country. Thank you for what you did and for what you will continue to do. Okay, so what's his version of what's going on here? How does Ben Robert Smith make sense of all these allegations? He's rejected any allegation of wrongdoing. He says these stories are fabrications, plain and simple, that they never happened, that they're vicious rumours spread about by jealous comrades, envious of his medals, frustrated by their own shortcomings as soldiers, a sort of corrosive jealousy. Their story is simply false. Their evidence is completely baseless. And I look forward to the opportunity to finally defend my reputation uh, when given the opportunity. And Ben Robert Smith argues that these soldiers were assisted in trying to tear him down by credulous journalists who are willing to believe and to repeat and to report 
what they were being told. He said more than once that the Victoria Cross that made him a household name in Australia also put a target on his back. And tell me about some of those journalists involved. Who were the reporters that actually investigated this and published these stories? These are some of the most respected investigative journalists in the country. Ladies and gentlemen, the first inductee to the Australian Media Hall of Fame is Chris Masters. Chris Masters is a veteran of newspapers and the ABC, Australia's public broadcaster, and Nick McKenzie, who's an award-winning newspaper journalist. Nick is the most decorated journalist in the history of the quills, having twice won the gold quill. These were serious pieces of journalism. And these were allegations that weren't made lightly. Ben, entirely separate to this defamation case, there was also an inquiry happening inside the Australian military into alleged war crimes carried out by the SAS during their tours in Afghanistan. Tell me about that official inquiry. There had been rumours circulating, tenacious rumours circulating about the SAS and its behaviour in Afghanistan for a number of years. And the Australian military undertook an inquiry into this, a, a, a secret inquiry that took evidence that allowed soldiers to come forward and report what they'd seen, what they'd done, what they'd heard on deployment in Afghanistan and elsewhere. And this became the Brereton Inquiry, run by a judge who's also a major general in the army. And the report he brought down in 2020 found credible evidence that 39 Afghans were allegedly murdered by unnamed Australian Special Forces troops in 23 incidents. It revealed allegations of blooding rituals where junior troopers were forced to shoot unarmed prisoners as a way of initiation into the regiment. Weapons or radios known as throwdowns were also allegedly carried by Australian soldiers and then placed on the body of murdered people to make it look as though these were legitimate, lawful engagements. You know, a cover story created to cover for these murders. To the people of Afghanistan, on behalf of the Australian Defence Force, I sincerely and unreservedly apologise. The killing, the unlawful killing of civilians and prisoners is never acceptable. In response, the Australian government set up the Office of the Special Investigator to investigate and potentially recommend criminal charges against Australian Special Forces soldiers. The Brereton report that was finally released to the Australian public is heavily redacted, but it does refer to a number of extraordinary incidents. One in particular is referred to as the most disgraceful episode in Australian military history. But we have no idea what that episode is. I mean, this most disgraceful episode in Australian military history is still a mystery. Precisely right. These are all anonymised. This is heavily redacted. And we really don't know the substance of the allegations of what the Brereton Inquiry was told or who any of the allegations or findings are against. Ben, you yourself reported from Afghanistan. Was it a surprise to you to read about the scale of these alleged abuses committed by some of Australia's most renowned special forces? I think even with these rumours that had been circulating, people were surprised by the extent of what was revealed by the Brereton Inquiry. It shone this, this glaring, very unflattering light on the sort of usually arcane world of the, of the SAS. It revealed this deeply troubled institution that was factionalised and fractious and it was riven by fighting over decorations and medals and, as the inquiry found, enthrall to this warrior culture 
that was steeped in violence. I think as well this inquiry laid bare the brutal reality of Australia's war in Afghanistan, the sort of strategic drift of the mission, the compromises and complexities of the fight against this elusive and ill-defined enemy, and the the irredeemable, in some cases, toll that was taken on a handful of soldiers sent time and time again to the sharp end of this dirty, dangerous war. Andrew Hastie, the Breton report is horrific reading. Were you shocked by what you read? Andrew, I'd been backing the Brereton Inquiry for about four years. I'd been interviewed myself. And so whilst the Australian public was shocked, I was more grieved, uh, a deep sense of grief. And because I believe in regimental honour, I also felt a sense of personal shame as well. Andrew Hastie was an SAS officer, and he later became the Assistant Minister for Defence. And he makes an argument around the systems and the structures that were put in place that enabled this culture to flourish. He argues the Australian Defence Force was very effective at, at sanitising the war in Afghanistan. It had legions, he says, of you know, public affairs officers. The UK, the USA took a far more liberal approach in allowing reporters to see their soldiers at war. But Australia's contribution in Afghanistan was sort of carefully stage managed and crafted and information was withheld. We've forgotten what people are capable of when they are left unaccountable. War is incredibly degrading. It's inherently violent and it's escalatory. And we sanitised it. And we sent guys back over and over and over again. And um, frankly, we shouldn't be surprised that the dark energy of war took its toll on people. And he wrote of his time serving in the SAS in Afghanistan. There were days where I felt it was a closed universe, where you can make up your own morality on the grounds you wanted to, and it was a dark and haunting and incredibly unnatural feeling. This is a sort of language reminiscent of Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness, this sense of becoming loosed from your moral bearings. Coming up, Ben Robert Smith fights for his reputation in a courtroom battle that's gripped Australia. Shantae Joseph, I'm a writer and broadcaster and I spend way too much time online. But now those years of scrolling are finally paying off because I'm hosting The Guardian's new pop culture podcast. In each episode, I'm going to get under the skin of the week's biggest stories. If you love pop culture and want to get into how it's shaping and impacting our lives, then you should join me every Thursday, launching on the 3rd of November. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Bye! So, Ben, returning to these allegations against Ben Robert Smith, they were this enormous story in Australia. But what did Robert Smith do next that completely raised the stakes? He filed a defamation lawsuit. Australia's most decorated Afghanistan veteran is having his day in court. Ben Robert Smith has arrived to begin defamation proceedings against three Australian newspapers. He says to the newspapers, what you've written about me is not true, you've ruined my reputation, and I'm going to take you to court for it. Far from the bloodshed of war-torn Afghanistan, a battle being waged in the Federal Court of Australia. And he filed it 
in what's known as the defamation capital of the world, in Australia, which is regarded as a, a very plaintiff-friendly jurisdiction. But he hasn't been able to do this alone. And this is a really key point. He's been backed by his employer. Robert Smith is out of the military now. He's employed at Channel 7, which is a rival news organisation to the publishers of these newspapers. Seven West Media Chairman Kerry Stokes has lashed out at the latest reporting of allegations surrounding Australia's most decorated soldier. He's been backed personally by Channel 7's chairman, a man called Kerry Stokes, who has a long affinity with the military and the SAS in particular. Stokes has bankrolled Robert Smith's legal action. He's provided him with a loan to cover his legal fees. Ben Robert Smith has offered his Victoria Cross medal as collateral if he loses this case. And Stokes says he'll donate that medal to the Australian War Memorial if he loses. And this is part of the extraordinary scope of this trial, how wide it's become. And how have the media organisations chosen to defend themselves? What strategy have they chosen in response? The newspapers are defending their reporting as true. And they're willing to go to court to defend their reporters and their reporting. Now, the burden of proof rests with them to demonstrate that the allegations they've made, his complicity in murder, the allegations of domestic violence and of bullying, are true. And so now, years after these allegations were first reported, it falls essentially to one man, the judge, to decide whether these accusations against Ben Robert Smith are substantially true or not. That is essentially the task before the judge at the moment, is to listen to these competing, conflicting versions of events, and in some cases irreconcilable versions of events about what people saw and what people did in Afghanistan and deciding which version of events to believe. And what's it been like for you to sit through this case? Because you've been there right from the beginning. This was a trial that didn't lack for drama or pathos. I remember covering it over months and almost every day there was something extraordinary that would emerge. We've had more than 100 days of evidence. We've got more than 100 witnesses who were almost all of them anonymized. Even the way the trial was run was remarkable. Sydney's federal court was almost transformed to accommodate this trial. Uh, Entire floors were sealed off. We had windows blacked out to prevent spying from outside. Phones and smartwatches banned from the closed court sessions. We had witnesses brought into the building through secret entrances so they couldn't be seen, including by each other, and, and they all gave their evidence screened from public view. And the evidence has been dramatic. It's been confronting violence, sometimes scandalous, and at times barely believable. And Ben, you and a team have been spending the past few months actually trying to tell the story of this trial for a new podcast. And I guess I'm wondering, why do you think this trial is such an important one? There's an awful lot at stake in this trial, and it's been a very difficult and complex and long-running trial to follow. And this is a way to take our listeners into the courtroom to hear what was said, to hear what's been laid before the judge, to hear the evidence that's been led against this man. And these are incredibly serious allegations, not just the allegations against him, which he denies, but they go to the heart of Australia's war in Afghanistan, what was done with our money and in our name in that country. So there is an immense public interest. The stakes are immense on all sides of this trial. On a purely financial level, this trial is expected to have cost in excess of $25 million dollars. And there's the potential for multi-million dollar damages on top of that. I think a win for the newspapers would be seen as a victory for public interest journalism, the Australian public's right to know what's being done in its name and with its money. But should the newspapers lose, beyond the legal costs, there is the potential damage to 
media's enthusiasm for public interest investigative journalism. For Robert Smith, Australia's most decorated living soldier, the consequences are acutely personal. A win will be seen as vindication of his consistent denials of the allegations against him, restoration, he would hope, of his former reputation. But if he loses, his public standing, you would think, would be irreparably damaged. But this issue has a way to run. This is a reckoning for Australia that is still very much underway. You told me that part of the reason Ben Robert Smith became so famous in Australia was because he became something of a symbol of the Australian military, of a particular kind of Australian masculinity. And I'm wondering, is that also on trial here? That is the thing at the centre of all of this reporting now even bigger than Ben Robert Smith himself? At its most fundamental, this case is about Ben Robert Smith specifically, about the allegations against him and what those have done to his reputation. But there is a far broader reckoning being dealt with here about the place of Australia's military in Australian society, about the actions of Australia's military at war, and about Australia's public right to know about what happens. Australia has quite consciously cultivated a mystique and an aura around its military. And a close-up examination of the actions of that military have presented a far less flattering picture of the institution. Ben, thanks so much. My pleasure, Michael. That was Ben Doherty, an investigative reporter with Guardian Australia. Thank you so much to him. He's the presenter of a mini-series produced by Guardian Australia and their daily news podcast, Full Story, about this defamation case. It's called Ben Robert Smith vs. The Media. And all five episodes are available right now. Search Full Story wherever you listen to Today in Focus. We'll be running the first episode of the series in our feed tomorrow, so listen there. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Rose DeLarabiti, Ellen Leebeater, and Miles Herbert. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producer was Phil Maynard. And we're back Monday. This is The Guardian. <laughs> 